Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode two of Now or Nevers with Billy Nevers. I'm so excited um, to be doing this again. Um, I'm still sort of pinching myself that I've got my own podcast. Um, Thank you so much for the response to last week's episode. Um, I was shocked by how many people listened, uh, responded, messaged me. It was so, so, so amazing. Um, So I'm excited to bring you more content. Um, This week, I've got a dear, dear, dear friend of mine, one of my brothers, um, Idris Kogba, who is a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine, but also an outstanding and very successful West End performer. Um, He has done many shows like Lion King, Wicked, Oliver, Five Guys Named Mo, uh, Scottsboro Boys, and that's just to say, you know, a few. Um, he is hilarious, beautiful, and wonderful. We speak about so many things in this episode. We speak about our our passion for musical theatre, how that started. We speak about some of the jobs he's done. Uh, we speak about Disney Channel. We solve some of your dilemmas, and we speak about how social media affects people's success in the industry of musical theatre. Um, so it is a really, really, really fun episode, and a lot of things that we talk about. So have a listen, um, and I hope you hope you enjoy. Like I've said many times before, if you want to send in any requests of guests, topics to talk about, uh, dilemmas for us to solve, anything you want to hear, and any of those things, uh, send an email to nowornevers2021 at gmail.com or send a DM on Instagram to nowornevers underscore. Yes, we have our own Instagram now for the podcast. Go and follow that as well. Or send a DM to at billylukenevers on Instagram. Um, And I will try and involve the stuff you want to hear. Um, But yes, this is a really fun episode and I can't wait for you to hear. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you have a rating and leave a review. Um, That would mean the world. And if you're listening on Spotify, follow the podcast. It would mean a lot. So yeah, lots of love, guys. Hope you enjoy. Peace. Hello, Idris. 
Hey, Billy Nathan! Hello! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. You don't understand. I am so excited to be here. This is amazing. I also don't think I'm ready. I also do not think I'm... When are we ever ready, though? (laughs) I don't think my belly (laughs) is ready for this conversation. (laughs) For the listeners at home, me and Idris met each other officially in the year of 2020 and it was one yes. of the best things to come out the year what you know, the a year blessing. was rough the year was right. rough but it was a blessing to meet mr but idris. billy and idris met let's go <laughs> and you will hear why the friendship was so strong <laughs> because Amen. this conversation is going to be full of a whole load of bullshit that's what i'm saying yeah. a whole load of bullshit that's mess. it. That is it. A whole lot of bullshit. But a whole lot of mess. Everyone was excited when I said on the socials that you're coming on. I got so many, so many, so many questions. So Yee! I will be throwing them at you, but I'm so excited. But for in my introduction, I introduced you. You know, I told them a bit about you. I told you what's good. I said what's good about it. Just I said what he's done, where he's been, where he's at, where everyone knows him oh. from. Um, but no, you have a CV that literally is God tier. So you've been working since, you know, the child, since the the child, child. collecting the The coins since baby, since since baby. baby. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, where did like the passion start? Where did you start, you know, find your passion for performing? My passion for performing is so easy. Like I was always this kid with so much energy and my parents just didn't know what to do with me. I was bouncing off the walls. I was always singing, putting shows for my family. Um, I would be that kid at Christmas. Like, you know, Rob Madge? Yes. Um, yes he's all over yes, the socials yes, at the yes, moment. Yes. I actually went to school with Rob. So seeing him as a kid is exactly what I was like. Like putting on shows, sitting my family through many a Christmas of me dancing and singing to the Spice Girls. Um, and that's where it really started. Like my mom, I remember um, she was just like, I don't know what to do with this child. And um, one of my primary school teachers was like, maybe you should put him into like a drama club. And so I started going to these like after school clubs. I think it was like every Thursday with my dance teacher called Tony. um, And it was actually at my school. And she would come every Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. And we would do like, I think it was like 3.30 till 5. And it was literally the best day of the week for me. 3.30 till 5 was where it was at. Yeah. And that's where it was at. And we just did like dancing and like we did some like acting scenes and we would do like a song a week from a musical oh wow um and that's where that's where it started really wow we from that little club that little club well listen i know you love the spice girls so that is no surprise that is not surprise i've got a lot to thank them for listen the spice girls they made you the spice girls made you they made me. And now my I girl's out here a masked time. singer. Now my girl's out right. here giving it masked singer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as a child, that was that was yeah. you. And I can I can see that in meeting you mm. as an adult. I can see there's still that, you know, that energy that yeah. you described there. But I mean, when did it start becoming, you know, about the coins? When did thing. you start collecting the coins? So it happened <laughs> like so crazy. Like I, so, um, like something crazy happened in my life and my mum passed away, unfortunately, when I was about nine years old. And at the time it was like a really like weird, weird time for me because I was so young and I didn't really understand what was going on. But also um, I remember just being like kept 
I was, I was be basically being looked after through like people that were looking after the cases and stuff like that and uh -huh. all the stuff that was going on. So we used to have treat days a week for me to kind of take my mind off things. And so I wasn't isolated with all the crazy drama that was going on. Uh -huh. And one of the treat days was I went to go see The Lion King with my dance teacher who I just spoke about and all my cousins. And we had like a VIP experience moment where we had these like um, special seats and we got looked after in the interval. And then uh, in at the end of the show, we got taken backstage and we met all the cast. Wow. And I remember there being someone from Pippa's casting team who I didn't know at the time because I had no idea who what that was. But looking yeah. back, I remember who it was. I think it was like Natalie or someone like yes. that was there. And they were speaking to me and my dance teachers and my cousins and stuff. And then they looked at me and said, oh, like, does he, is he into performing and stuff? He looks like perfect for, um, you know, coming in for Young Simba. And my dance teacher was like, oh my God, yes, I'm his teacher. And he loves it. And he would love to like, you know, get involved somehow. And they basically gave her a card and was like, maybe you should come to one of our auditions. So I remember like a couple of weeks passed, I went to the first audition. I had no experience at this point, like no experience, didn't know what auditions were. Like I was a child. <laughs> so <laughs> I was walking into this blind and went to the first audition, didn't get it. But um, Natalie said to my uh, parents, you should just keep bringing him back, keep bringing him back. So then six months passed, I got asked to go back again. and didn't get it that second time. And then I went back the third time and then I finally got it. And yes. that was sort of how it, it all sort of un, un, unraveled into this big old thing. And then I remember after that, I did a couple of other shows and then I signed up for Sylvia's um, scholarship. Yes. And I ended up getting it and I went to Sylvia's from there. Yeah. I mean, so, listen, when we talk about child careers, when we talk about <laughs> child careers, Idris did it all. It just was out here giving you young Simba, giving you, you know, it's a fine life at the yeah. at the Royal Jury, you know? Yeah. He was doing yeah. all yeah. the yeah. things, all the things. Yeah. No, but you then, you know, sort of never stopped from then. Yeah. And yeah, literally. You did some amazing things, but we could mm -hmm. talk for hours on the amazing hours. things you did. Yeah. But one thing I want to point out is you mm. are, to my knowledge, I think, the first black bock in Wicked. Am I correct? Yeah, ever. Like, which is just so ridiculous if you think about wicked as this like force of a show that has been going on for mm -hmm. so long and like yeah just to to have that is just insane and even thinking about like the american productions and touring productions and that had never happened i don't know about covers but definitely someone playing the role to play the role um yeah yeah i don't think wow. at that time had ever happened yeah and i mean what a title to have like what, what yeah a, and i think you know that also highlights the fact that we're so far behind in our so far behind <laughs> in our you know in the representation of people mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. you know for there to even be the word the first before the first any right. kind of you know right. diverse casting is really uh -huh. problematic uh -huh. but I think, it's so problematic i think how was that how was how was that oh experience? my gosh it was an amazing experience um Obviously, I went back recently mm -hmm. and I only did it for four months. And I'm so glad I did because it made my whole experience of Wicked just have a different sort of taste in my mouth for it. Because okay. I'm not saying I didn't love it the first time. I did. But I definitely knew there was like a target on my back. Meaning right. I was this black boy who had come and played this role and no one und like 
obviously people understood it, but there was definitely the sense of, oh, he got it because he was black. Right. You know, there was definitely that energy of, oh, I was there as a token. Not not because it had anything to do with my talent. Of course not. They just hired me because I was black. And I definitely heard conversations like that. I heard people report that back to me. I heard, you know, I could feel people's energies when I stepped into the building of, okay, let's see what this person has. And I think that pressure definitely got to me. Well, then, and, you know, it's one of those things. Of course, there's going to be that energy when yeah. for however many years, there's yes, never yes. been a black person playing yeah. a lead role in that building. Yeah. So, of yeah. course, yeah. the people yeah. that are there are going yeah. to feel, you know, why? Exactly, are going to feel some way. Do you know what I mean? And I think, yeah. I think that is more of a reflection on mm. the people surrounding the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean... Absolutely. And, you know... I saw you in the role. I saw mm-hmm. you in the role. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. you are the most deserving person for the... If I was oh, to say anyone I that you. I know could play the role, that is, mm. you know, what is wrong with that? Mm-hmm. That's perf- perfection. So for there to be issues about it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, let's not even talk about the issues and the, yeah. the lack in, of... In the industry, the yeah, yeah. In the industry. And specifically yeah. in that show, I mean, a story yeah. about racism... Well, and that's my point. The show is so politically correct, but so um, not politically correct in the same breath because yeah. of the casting and how problematic it is. Um, I mean, I hope it is changing, but and I'm sure it will. But yeah, it's just crazy to think this show that is about race and speaks about so many political things in a roundabout way is just not as diverse as it should be. No, and I think that's such a shame that, you know, and I think that's a universal experience for yeah. a lot of black performers that sometimes mm. you feel like, like you said, you have a target on your back or you are mm-hmm. there for a token reason. And I think mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that is for any black performers listening or anyone listening that can relate to that statement. It's such, I think mm-hmm. it's a universal feeling that everyone has, which is something that I'm yet to figure out. And I don't know if you have figured it out or mm-hmm. if anyone listening has figured it out, how to get rid of that feeling. Cause yes, I still believe absolutely. that whether how far we push the diversity within casting, I still mm-hmm. feel that the issue doesn't lie with the casting it, Yes. It lies with the people surrounding you in the job. Absolutely. So absolutely. To try- and the people in charge, because oh, it also yes. comes from the top. If the top is diverse and it, it's ready to move forward and progressively move forward, everybody else will follow suit. Uh-huh. Because it will give nobody else in the building or in in the company a reason to discuss these things. Yes. Like, I feel like, and Juliet is kind of like that. Like, I'm sure you are in the space and in a cast where... Things like that don't even come into conversation because it's so mixed and because it's so diverse. So therefore, it doesn't give other people to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, I think in terms of like from the top up, I mean, I think it's rare to find a West End production that isn't whitewashed from the top. You know, I think it's yes. very rare yeah. to find that even, very, very even in the most diverse productions you could think of, it's still very, mm. uh, you know, led by, uh, you know, a Caucasian team. Um, I think yes. in and Juliet's sense, it is that mm. situation, but it's overpowered yeah. by the diversity in the cast. The diversity in the cast, the diversity absolutely. in the cast overpowers mm. the lack of it in the lack of in the in creative the, uh, side. creative team. Yeah, yes. So I yes. think that's what yeah. makes that experience so interesting. But then when you compare mm. it to somewhere where both of the cast and the power uh, at the same level of diversity i think Mm -hmm. that's where we open up issues and that's where when you place someone like you coming in to play 
a role. Yeah. It then yeah. causes, you know, it's like a seesaw. It's like, what is going on? What is this going on? This unsettled balance. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think that's such an interesting conversation that we're uh-huh. still having in 2021. Still that, having. That people can walk into a workplace and feel uncomfortable because Absolutely. they feel like they're there for a dip. It's very, very, it's, very problematic. Yeah. 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 But it's so, so interesting. Like, mm-hmm. That, and it's crazy because I, I've, I've spoken about it so many times with people, like interviews like this or people that have asked me about it. And they just still are like, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah, it, it's facts. Like, that is how it happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's no discredit to the cast or people that I worked with. I had such a good time. And as I said, I've made friends for life on that show. But it definitely was an overwhelming feeling walking into that job, knowing that that was, that, that was the situation. And that's how it, that's how it went down. Mm-hmm. So doing it a second time was great because... I just didn't give a shit. I yeah. was like, I'm good enough. I'm here for a reason. They've asked me back. I only, I'm only doing a couple of months. So I felt like I had the power to go in and change my narrative. Yes. Not allow people's opinions to distract me from the job at hand. Yes. So I went in and I had the best time because I just went in and did my job, mind my business and had a good old time. Yeah. Like, and got paid really well for it. Yeah, so, collect the coin. Collect you know the coin. I mean? Like, <laughs> so I'm so glad I went back and did it a second time yeah. because I really just was like, yeah, this is not what it was the first time. I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit wiser and I can really enjoy this job for what it is. So, yeah. and that's, yeah. and that at the end, you know, rounds off, you know, that we as people of colour in full control yes. of Absolutely. our own experience. Yeah, our, totally. We have more power than we believe we have. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to you yeah. know, even think about. Um, but to round off the career chat, Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about what we did, Idris. We've got, to talk, we've got to talk about... Let's talk about it. <laughs> we've got to talk about The Grinch. Uh, Let's talk NBC's about it. The Grinch. If you don't know, me and Idris were, you know, the stars <laughs> of the show of NBC's <laughs> <laughs> The Grinch Palm musical Spring live. Yeah, Palm Springs and Rugby Who told you Wagwan. Let me tell you that. We, we were rocking up on that set. You know, yeah. the people of colour who's, is what we yes. say. You know, Literally. Li- with Little Tafari and the Chantel. Right. You know, we had a little... And Bobby. And Bobby. Oh, yes, you best believe Bobs. You best, best believe, believe Bobby. Bobs. A bit of Gary Wilmot, a bit of Akko. Right. You know. This is it. <laughs> you know, Akko. We, we were out here living. And this is yeah. what I think. This is, whilst we're on the discussion of representation, we were in that show as, mm. you know, fictional characters. And yeah. And I think it would have been wrong if it was so white. It, yes. Brutally, honestly. It, it would have worked. so wrong. It would have worked. I mean, I mean, some things, you know, about the production, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we yeah. say, you know, yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the one thing I can say about it was that it was so diverse that you always So diverse. That, you know, yes. we were there because we were just, you know, we were a bunch of actors that had been put yeah. into this room by yeah. chance. Yeah. And yeah. we were all there for a reason. Reason, um, absolutely. And that was something that was so beautiful about that production. And I mean, we got mm-hmm. to work with some cool people. We worked with Disney Boo so cool. We worked yeah, with you know, Matthew Morrison. You Matthew know, Morrison. The Dennis, all the Dennis and all the yeah. people. But you know, yeah. that sh- the, the Grinch, if anyone saw the Grinch, you know it had its ups and downs. It really did. You know, it had its it ups really and did. Downs. But no, the root of that was that, you know, I brought that up because I think I've never felt 
you know, so mm-hmm. worthy in a room. I think we were A hundred percent. And I feel like doing The Grinch was a great to do it right at the end of the year as well. But also this is now, especially after the Black Lives Matter movement and everything else going forward, this is how a workplace should feel. Yes. Going forward, this is how we should define theatre. It doesn't matter what you look like, what disability you have, whatever it is that you are. If you are good enough to be in the room, you should be counted in and the room. For the Grinch, period. we have to say that was led strongly by Stuart yeah. Burt and Lizzie G. Yes. Stuart Burt yes. and Lizzie G made yeah. sure that that room was so yeah. diverse in every way possible, whether that was colour, size, disability. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So many beautiful things that I've, you know, yeah. I've never worked with some people that had th- that possessed those things before. And, um, mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it opened my eyes to more. Yeah, and, um, facts. Was just, facts. was just amazing. Shout out to so Stuart, shout out to Stuart and, Lizzie and Lizzie G. You two. Icons, uh, heroes, icons. legends. Yeah, love you, yeah. love you, love you. Um, yeah. Right, so we've got a fan question, right? We've got a Ooh. lot of questions from the fans, but one that came in over 20 times. 20, no, you're lying. 20 times we got this question. Yeah. The question is, <laughs> what is Idris's skincare routine? <laughs> <laughs> 20 times, over 20 times, people said, and this was from, you know, Danielle Fiamania said this, Gloria Obiano yeah. said this, Some, everyone mm-hmm. is asking for your skincare routine. No, this is jokes. Because, like, for real, like, obviously... You know, we black people, we take care of our skin and sometimes <laughs> naturally we don't actually need that much of a skincare routine because the melanin... If, if you the dare me- say you do nothing. If you dare no, I say do, you I do, do, I do nothing. I do. If you dare. I do, I do, I do, I do. But, um, so I got into skincare, like I'd say about like two years now. Basically, I started to work for this really high-end skincare company, obviously as one of my muggle jobs um, and they're called Dr. Sebag. Okay. And basically... I just started to work at like as like the office assistant and stuff. So I wasn't. I did have. I did obviously had a good skincare routine, but I didn't really use like products. Products. Uh-huh. But this this company is like a really high end um, product. They have like an office on Harley Street and stuff. Like Doctor Sabag is actual real person. He is like legit from France. Um, and Big anyway, up Dr. I started Sabag. working. Big up here. Yeah, Doctor Sabag. <laughs> Um, I started working there just as like an assistant and stuff, like helping the office and stuff. And then I actually started to use the products and um, the manager there was like telling me how to use the products and stuff. So I started using them and oh my gosh, they literally changed my life. And that's what I use now. And basically they, um, they have this like face wash that I use day and night. And then they have this day and night cream that I use as well. It's called Supreme Day and um, Signature Night Serum. Wow. And basically, you put on the day cream, and then you also have this like oil serum, which is called Rose de V. I also use that. I use that as an overlay of the moisturizer. It just gives you this glow. It's honestly amazing. Yeah, well, and you're then always at night, glowing. You're always glowing. Always glowing. It's because of these products. <laughs> and then at night, I'll wash my face with the the the, um, the cleanser, and then I'll use the night cream. Sometimes I'll do a face mask two 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 days in the week. So I'll do it midweek on a Wednesday and then one on Sunday to start the week. Right. And so that's two face masks. Uh, it's like a sensitive skin one that goes on for six minutes, like a deep exfoliant and like really like burns out your pores. Right. And then I'll use like a perfecting mask as well, which uh, goes on for 10 minutes and it just sort of like defines the glow and all this stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, 
go on for the next week and then do it all over again. That's it. And that's how I keep it in check, yeah? So, peoples, all you people that were asking, that it's is the Dr. skincare Dr. Sabag. Dr. Sabag is what yeah. you want to get to. That is what, that's yeah. where you want to be. That's where you want to yes. be. Right. Um, I'm... I'm very impressed by that skincare routine. I might have to, mm-hmm, uh, girl. Have to give him a little Google. So give it, give it a little Google. The big topic of today's podcast, um, I yes. wanted to discuss. I got asked this question and uh, through an email. Um, if like I said, mm-hmm. like I say every time, if you wanna, d- you want anyone on here to discuss a topic, send in your topics to now or nevers twenty twenty one at gmail.com. So send them in. Yes. Um, but this week's topic, uh, do you think that having a high profile slash following on social media mm-hmm. affects your success? in the industry we're talking predominantly about musical theater do we think yeah. that the following that you possess on social media whether it's instagram twitter has a huge mm-hmm. effect on your successes and casting and opportunities within mm-hmm. musical theater mm-hmm. absolutely it mm-hmm. does i it never used to like i remember growing up i remember a time where you know we would see people like i mean we won't see, but we know people like the Elaine Pages and the Michael Balls and all these people that started in the industry and these shows made them stars. Yeah. Being in musicals made them stars. That's where they would get their profile from. Um, and then I think it was like the age of like, you know, the BBC programs mm-hmm. where, you know, you do the search for Maria and yeah. the Joseph program and the Nancy program where these like shows would basically do these like 12 week casting periods to build these people's profiles. And then when the show would go on, these these the fans of the, those programs will go and see these shows because of these people, yeah. which was great because, you know, you're kind of making people stars. Right. But now it's just turned into a plethora of People just that are, you know, I'm not saying they're not talented or whatever, but clearly, you know, not capable of doing, you know, the, or having the stamina of doing the eight shows a week stuff and, you know, how hard that is and having the training that takes to do that stuff um, when there are people that can. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But just because of the, the following and their profile and bums on seats, um, those people tend to do those shows and it kind of makes it unfair, I guess, because... Yeah, you know, I think it's a really interesting uh, thing because I think you know um, some shows have uh, you know have used stunt casting as such and brought yeah. people in um, for those reasons, and everyone knows it's just not it. Everyone yeah, knows no. it's not it. And sometimes you get the occasional. I think, you know, things that, like, you know, bringing Amber Riley to do Dreamgirls was... Oh, my God. Like, perfect. Was perfect. perfect. And no one doubted the fact that perfect. she could do it. It was actually, like, one of those breathtaking, like, castings. Like, I remember seeing it um, be announced. And I was like, oh, my God. This is going to redefine everything. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. And I think she brought people in. She yes, brought people she in. I think, for the right reasons. I think when it becomes dangerous is when, yeah. you know, it's on, when it's purely based on your yeah. your social presence. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about the pandemic, I think mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities have been offered to people. And I would like to say, sometimes maybe even I've been a part of that bracket of having, you know, uh, having an opportunity given to you because they believe that, people will watch or people will um, buy a ticket. And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that is a reasonable, a reasonable way to go about it. But I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right to uh, purely, you know, 
choose and cast people specifically for ticket sales. I think it's needed. I think it's needed. It's fully, fully, yeah. fully needed. If, yeah. Like, yeah. But I do think we then fall into a trap of, mm-hmm. um, well, what what is the stronger, what is the dominant thing you possess? Is it the following or mm. the talent? Is it the, yes. is it the yes. following yeah. or what you're going to provide? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's such an interesting conversation. Like, mm-hmm. um, but there's also like I do also understand that producers are all under a lot of pressure. They have to make sales, and I do understand that sometimes that is the only way it's going to sell the show. Yeah, you know, would you rather you know forty odd actors and all these crew people to be out of work because the show can't sell because it can't sell on it on its own? Or do we have someone in the show that can sell these tickets? Yeah, they might not be as right for the show, but it means that these people have jobs. So, you know, when you weigh it up like that, I do understand that also has to come in play. I just think when you think of the quality of theatre and these people that should be doing these roles because they are good enough and they work their asses off and they're qualified, yeah, then... That's also a problem that we need to we need to have a conversation I think about. It's I guess back, I think it's back to what you said before. I think the yeah. show should be the primary reason of making yes. someone a star. Absolutely. I think the Absolutely. show should be the platform you need mm-hmm. instead of you know Instagram and all of these things. Yes. I think there we go. We're trying. Yeah. We're, we're living in a time now where there's new social media. I mean, TikTok is blowing people up like a madness. Left, right, and center. So right. I think you know, and there's things like the TikTok musical Ratatouille was yes. bought, and like Bridgerton the musical is now like yeah, it's being developed. yeah being born. And I think yeah, that's so interesting. It's like a new way. That yeah. is interesting, really interesting. But I think mm-hmm. we have to still keep the integrity of yes of talent. You know, yes. and that is no way me saying that, you know, people that have high profiles in musical theatre Should be, shouldn't, shouldn't be, be cast. No, that's not, it that's because, not what it is. Because no. I know so many people, like all the six girls, the six yeah. girls, their profiles have been boosted to the max. Boosted. And let me tell you, because they, so. they work their butts off to do yeah. that show. And rightly so, because they're talented. And that's what I love about the culture of like, like the fandoms now of these shows, like mm-hmm. Six and Jamie and all this stuff like they now have brought a new influx of 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 teenagers and people that are interested in theatre and also respect the yeah. show and its artists. Yeah. They they wanna follow them, they wanna see what their journeys are because they respect them and they love what they do. And that's what theatre should be about. Mm-hmm. It should be the, about the respect of the work on stage, not who's in it and who has the following and who's bringing what and what's bringing into the show. No, it should be about the show and the people. Yeah, I think that's as it. well, I think back to when I was young and I yeah. was like, you spoke about the BBC programs. Like I was yeah. obsessed with Lee Mead. Obsessed. Like, I was obsessed yeah. with Lee Mead. Like I was yeah. literally like, obsessed and thinking yeah, now yeah. i think to myself yeah if i was that age now would i yeah. be finding him on instagram would i be messaging yeah. him on it because it's so yeah. accessible now it's, it's so, accessible so accessible social mm-hmm. media in terms of musical theater i think i never had that uh i never had that resource or that platform to engage with those sort of mm, people mm, so mm. now it becomes you know now that that is a that is something that is boosting people's platform. It's really mm-hmm. interesting uh, to think about how people were ever once successful without that. And without I think, the... Pro- isn't it? I think it's so... I can't But think- you know what? I Do you remember when you were a kid? Like, I feel like when I was a kid, I'm sure you'd be the same. The only way you could actually access these people without social media is going to stage door, yeah. right? So that means that you would go back to see these shows 
to then t to meet these people again through stage door because social media was not a thing. Facebook wasn't a thing. Twitter wasn't a thing. Instagram was certainly not a thing. So that's why these people had fans and, and dedicated people that would come see these shows just to meet their idol uh -huh. or to, to have a minute or a picture with them at stage door. And that was the theatre experience, you know? Yeah. Whereas now it's you still have that but you have instagram and twitter and all these things that make it accessible which i don't know is it healthy is it not yeah is that's it another question and, and i also think uh it's a very much a per instagram is a very much a personal space and mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. it's almost now becoming i'm a i'm 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 guilty of doing this that it now mm -hmm. sort of becomes a uh you know it's a you're still, you feel like you're working on Instagram. Well, yeah, you it's a business, you, you know? You then Instagram has now become how you're gonna, you know, promote yourself and how you're gonna- Promote yourself, and I think, period. I think that in itself becomes dangerous because we're, we're bringing our reputation and our mm -hmm. image to my sofa. I'm sat on my sofa thinking yeah. about, can I post this? Can I say this? Can I do this? Because yeah. it's, I still feel like I'm working. I still feel like I've got to, mm -hmm. even when I'm not in a show, I'm not in a show right now. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm no, not working for no. anyone, but I still no, feel no. like as a performer, I have to, yeah, I've got I people that corrected. follow me. I've got, a, yes. you know, I've got to keep, and it's very yeah. much like, it's quite dangerous to think mm -hmm. that uh, mm -hmm. people that are fans of you as such, I hate using that yeah. word, but people that are like, you know, yeah. supporters yeah. of you. Supporters, yeah. Sort of are, not in control, but they're they're who you are constantly thinking about having to please. And Absolutely. I mean, I reckon it was so much easier when the profile was just see you at stage door. Oh, I know you. Literally. I know you. I know you. But when yeah, you've got yeah. thousands of people on your yeah. phone, it becomes yeah. now like something completely different. But I think back. hundred percent. Back to the like the topic as such of do you think it affects the success? I think. Mm. I think it might not affect the success as such, but I think it opens the doors to a lot more opportunity. A hundred percent. I think- It's why um, about three years ago, I dropped my old musical theater agent to move to more of like a TV and film agent. And I've always loved acting, like as much as singing and, singing and dancing and performing, I've always actually just loved acting and getting really like deep into character, um, a character's head and character debriefs and all that stuff. Yeah. And I made the decision, I remember this was after Five Guys, to move to a more acting agency and do like have the opportunity to do more TV and film because we all know as musical theatre actors, we are put into a box. Yes. And we are told that we cannot do acting, acting. We are told that we can't do TV, we can't do film. And I was like, nah, F that, I'm gonna try and really do it. So I literally went to classes, I started all over again, it feels like. And um, I started doing a bit more TV and acting stuff. And even now, it's taken me three years and I'm still trying to get into these rooms that might have a difference in what I do next. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In terms of the options and the doors being open. Yeah. Because being taken seriously as a, as a you know TV actor or a film actor is way different than being a musical theatre actor, mm -hmm. which, which sucks really, because if you had people from TV come in so easily into theatre, why can't it be the same for musical theatre actors? Yes. They do it all the time on Broadway. Like I, I recommend and 
condemn Broadway so much because it's so open. Yes. If you're talented, you're talented, and that's it. That's what it you should can be. Do it all. If you're good enough, you can do it all. Yeah. Why can't it be like that here? That's always been a question of mine. Why can't it be the same here? Yeah. It, Why can't it be as open? It's it's not, you know? is it? And it's and it's not it's not uh, as easy to cross over, and it's not as yeah, respected no, to not. cross over. And I think even from training. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was training, you're told, like, if you're training musical theatre, it's really hard to do acting. It's really yeah, hard. And it's like, very why, hard. Why, is that, why is that now in, in the, you know, the training systems? Why are, we, right. why are we being told that we can't do that? Told that because from when you start. Surely acting's acting. Surely acting right. is, you know, just truth. But you act is the foundation of all performance. Mm-hmm. You act through dance. You act through singing. Exactly. You act through everything so if you're telling these people that are using acting to emote in every medium of the entertainment industry why can't they act normally just just without that like it doesn't make any sense to me exactly 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 yeah but what a conversation what a conversation yeah it really is that's a great question if you want to if anyone else wants to say any topics like i said email me at nowonevers2021 at gmail.com or send in any dms to now or nevers underscore on Instagram or Billy Luke Nevers on Instagram and we can have further discussion because I think it's yes, a really interesting absolutely. topic. absolutely. It's such an interesting topic. Right, I got, I got a game for you. We grew up... Ooh, we, you know I love games. We grew up in the same time. We grew up in, yeah, we grew up in the same we time. We did. And I know you have a love for Disney Channel as much as I do, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't, because I'm so, going to cry. So, I listen, I've got to say it out here. Disney Channel changed my life. Disney Channel is same. why I perform. And that is yeah. that is it. So I've got a game. Facts. I've got a game for you. I've got a game for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game is called Guess the Theme Song. Um, okay. So I'm gonna play five to ten seconds of a Disney Channel okay. theme song. I've got I think five or Hit six. Me. And you know the aim of the game. All we, right. We just of got, course. We Let's just go. Got I'm ready. We just got a guess. This guess, is like guess. the Olympics. <clears throat> yeah. We got to go. 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 Here okay. We go. I'm Here ready. We go. This is track number one. Let me know if you can hear. Bitch. Yeah. I'm your sister's average girl. I'm your sister's sister. Because it's not because I'm impossible. None other than my redheaded gal from the block. Kim Possible. Redheaded gal from the block. From the block. That's why I'm Missy. I'm impossible. Yes. I love her. Kim Possible is an icon. This and one that is theme be tune, so... though, by Christine Milian. Oh, yes. She yes. came to play. She came to play. She came to play with that. She yeah. came to play. Here's going to be a really easy one. I'm expecting, okay. you know, first two seconds All right. need to get this one. Let's go. You get years into the future. Your only life would be a three. Life is a spring. I can travel on the distance. Yeah. Go, right. But it's not that easy. Okay, wait, two seconds. Let's just talk about Raven Simone because yes. Raven Simone, like, yes. I'm sure for me, you, I know Nicole's the same, like, a lot of people yes. changed my life. Because here she... is a black girl on Disney leading you know the what? way for us all. Here's an interesting story, actually. My first experience of being opened to racism yeah. was that yes! episode yes, of That's, that's So, so Racism. It was, it was yeah. on there about her being yeah. employed to the shop and, you know, she don't hire black people and that stuff. I remember that episode so well. I was shook. Yeah. I was like, I've experienced stuff like this, yeah. but I've never seen, seen it, it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Especially on a Disney telly. program. Yes. You know. And that's, you know... 
that's um that's really quite progressive. Huge. That's a, that's a progressive moment Huge. for Disney Channel. But I also think even... about Disney back in the day, right? And I actually think they were low key ahead of progression than we thought. Like if you think of like yeah. London Tipton and Sweet Life of Zach Cody, it's a rich Asian girl. You know, yes. Um, yes. that's a Raven. You know, this black psychic. Um, girl who's leading this program with her black family, like and like the first Disney, like the Disney Channel original musical Cheetah Girls, Cheetah Girls, was a group of Diverse, ethnic girls, Puerto <laughs> like, Rican, black, yeah, white, like it was, I, and the songs were, you know, uh, what Cheetah Sisters, we are sisters, we stand together, um, we, we make, make up each one, other tr- family, yeah. but we don't look the same. Like, yes, when you and we were singing those songs as kids, not even realizing actually how progressive the it meaning, was. Yeah, the meaning, and I think that is so so true. Yeah, that, you know, we then went to High School Musical, where right. we then got to a whitewashed page. Right, very but, whitewashed. Um, I think. Um, I think the Cheetah Girls, like you said, I didn't realise that, that it was so progressive. Like so progressive. In, that's our Raven, the Cheetah yeah. Girls. They were all like strong, yeah. had their own storyline, yeah. their own narrative. Yeah. That, you know, yes. yes. Really leading the show. They did the damn thing. And this is why I will always and forever be a Disney fan. Like, well, Disney uh-huh. Channel fan ever. Because it just, I remember going home and I didn't even clock as a kid that it was progressive anyway in any way because it was just the normal it was just the norm mm. like it was the and it norm was so interesting yeah that's so raven was a black dominated program with yeah what with the white girl being the side chick. yes the, the white she, the girl, white girl being was the friend. friend the white yeah. girl was and when is friend. that ev- when is when? that ever a thing never ever 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 never yeah ever that yes disney yeah hats disney off to did disney the din. we need to say right, that here we go yeah we've got a few more we've got okay. a few more this one's going to be easy as well. I've picked all easy ones, but, you know, it's better to have a little sing Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. You got the limo out front. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. She's something as well. Hannibal She's Tana something. Was something. Something. She was something. Right, this one's Something. a bit more like this one. I wasn't really a fan of, but here we go. Here we go. Okay. You know everything's gonna be a breeze by the Emerald <laughs> Stars and Fantasies. You dictate Yes, please. <laughs> but I was the same, Billy. This is how I know we were the same. I hated the Wizard of the Waverly Place. I remember I whenever was not here for it. I was not here for it. Every time it came on, I would watch the theme tune and I would change the channel. I would go back yeah, to like Nickelodeon or something. I really wasn't here for it. Yeah. I liked the movie. Yes. The movie's actually quite okay. Yeah, yeah. But the I series, don't know what I, it was. It just, I never what clicked. What pissed me off was that friend, the weirdo friend. Yeah. That friend was just, she was. Just no. a lot. Yeah, she was not she for was me. So that's where I signed yeah, off. Yeah, no, right, I wasn't here got, for it. We've got one more. Okay. One more. And this one is easy and a bit of a bop as well. Okay. Oh, 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 hey, That kills me how they say that. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Yes, so you got all of them. Oh, yeah. You do every single I was, one. I was every a Disney Channel. Single one. I still am. I still just love the damn thing. 
I'm always on Disney Plus. I'm oh, always yeah. on Disney Plus. Same, same. Putting on different programs here and yes. everywhere. It just makes time. it reminds me of the happy time when yeah. life was just so carefree. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest thing we worried about was homework and like just yeah. high school musical, like that whole age of Disney Channel. Cause now, like my little brother who's like twelve, he watches Disney Channel. And like I would whenever I go home to visit, I would see him watch his programs. I'm like you just don't even know the quality of what Disney Channel was back in the day because yeah, now I, I see it and it's just right. It's just not what's even on there. Great, no idea. I remember when I went back one Christmas, he was watching The Descendants actually, and that was the oh, only okay. thing I saw that I was like, okay, yeah, this is decent. But then I think about the level that we had; it's just they will never get it again. I think that's that's all because of Kenny or Taylor. Yeah, me I too. Think, yeah, yeah. You know, 100%. he knows. He knows what's good. A hundred percent. No, but that was the Disney Channel game. Yes, and you completed it. I'm so it. glad that was the game. Right, we're on to my favorite part of the podcast. Okay, which is what I call solving dilemmas. Oh, so people will send in their dilemmas, yeah, their situations, their juicy situations, and we need to tear them apart and okay. give advice. What would we do? Right. What would we do? So this week's one <laughs> is. Hilarious. Oh my god. Hilarious. Everyone stays anonymous. So like I've said many times, if you want to send in a dilemma for us to solve, yeah. you know, send them to my email, now and ever 2021 at gmail.com or the DMs on Instagram. But this week's one says, Hi Billy, I've just started a new job at a cafe down the road. Right? Okay, mm-hmm. quite okay. Quite Yeah, okay. nice, yeah. And I'm on a trial for two weeks. Uh-huh. The staff member that is taking me through my trial shifts is my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend. What do I do? What do I say? The gag. The gag. So wait, did, 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 did this person specify, like, did they say that the girl knows who this girl is? That's That's all that we don't know. We don't know. So I think we've got to speak on those. If she knows... What would we do? If what she knows who's... I think, you know, there's always going to be a tension. There's going to be a tension there. Of course. I think... But if this girl who's this guy's current girlfriend doesn't know who this girl is, well, that's, that's even worse. That's problematic in itself. Problematic in itself. Because, I mean, I know an ex is an ex for a reason, but still, like, I feel like if I was in a committed new relationship, I would definitely tell my partner who my exes have been. Yeah. Do you and know what surely, I mean? And surely everyone's gone through the Instagram. People know right. who's who. Surely. Who's who. Surely. One, at least we're in a pandemic. You don't have to be near each other. You can social yeah. distance that hell yeah. out of that shit. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. Keep your distance at all time. I don't know. Would you say something? Would you say you knew who they were? Because I think if we Ooh. were getting this, if I was getting this email from the other side, if I was getting this email from I'm working with my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. I think it would be different but now it's because it's my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend yeah do you say as the ex i know who you are i mean because i just hate tension and i just hate elephants in the rooms and all that stuff i probably at some point would bring it up but then i wouldn't ever want to feel like i look bitter in anywhere or anything like that because if i moved on i moved on but to save me going through drama right save drama and me going through tension of work every day because i don't want to roll up to a place that i have to work feeling anxious like also the bit that killed me the bit that was the gag for me was the trial shift and the staff member that was taking me through the trial so she's there being her you know superior she's like do this do that right so So i would say 
I would say after the trial shift ended and I'm well equipped with what I'm doing in the in the job, then I would say something. I'd I'm gonna like, tell yeah. you. I'm I'd be like, you. you know, Derek, like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Derek. You know, yeah. Derek. We've had our yeah. fair few. We've had our we've fair. Had our we've had our fair. We've had our fair. We've had our fair right. share. Right. And that's that. And that oh is gosh, that. Though. That is a drama. That's that is, a drama. That is a drama. What Keep a dilemma. Keep me updated as to how that goes. Yeah, please. Because I'd love updated. to know. Because I would love to know how the trash went. I would love went, to know. But more importantly, how the drama went down. Because then also, what happens if Derek comes to the workplace to pick her up? <laughs> Derek. Derek. Like... You best believe Derek. That's what I'm going with Because at this point, Derek probably doesn't even know that Sandra works there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Derek don't know that Sandra works there, but Lucy's he doesn't out know. here but pouring Lucy, coffees. Right. <laughs> She's out here doing them coffees she's all day to, long. Right. Grinding, grinding, grinding to try and grinding. bring home some coin. But this she's out it. here giving it Jeremy Kyle. Give it, this is it. Gosh, that is a drama. That is a I'm drama. I'm glad I've never been in a situation like no, that. No, never. And I don't know how I would do in a situation no, like that. No, neither, neither. Because I think if I got told, imagine the conversation, and this is, who's taking you for your child shift? This is Lucy. Lucy. Sandra, this is Lucy. And you look at Lucy and you go, you are with You, Derek. right. I know I've who you are. I've seen you Pundy Graham with right. Derek. I know who you are. Yo. That's mental. Drama. Well, thanks for sending that one in. Yeah, like I said, incredible. send them in. Keep them juicy because we yeah. like to hear them and break yeah. them down. Um, for sure. But that brings us to the end of the episode. Oh. Um, Idris, you've literally been amazing. Uh, I have I to honestly... get you on again at some point. Can we because... also just go up for Billy Luke Nevers, oh. please? Oh, shut up. Shut let's, up, shut li- up. Listen, just started in this industry and is taking over one credit at a time. I'm so proud of this boy. And he oh, is so beautiful and so, oh, just an absolute light and beautiful energy. And yeah, thank you so oh, much for I having me you. on. I love you. No, thank so you for coming on. It means the world. I mean, we're at the start of this podcast journey. So, yes. you know, it's we've, yes. got to, we've got to get them guests on yes. and get yes. them doing what they've got to do. But no, thank Absolutely. you so much. You've been amazing. You can find no, Idris on the socials at, yeah. at Idris. K, K on Instagram. What's the Twitter? What's the Twitter? What's the Twitter? It's all the same for everything. It's you all know, the same. We keep That's, the brand. We keep the brand. Yeah. The brand, keep the brand. At Idris K brand. on Instagram and Twitter. Go follow yes. him. Go check him out. He's about to take the world by storm. You know, oh. he's already taken everything by storm. But he's about to, you know, hit the jackpot. <laughs> yes. You know? In Jesus' name, and, amen. And Derek will be watching. Derek, Derek will, will be, be watching. <laughs> Hashtag Derek will be watching. Absolutely. Um, but no, thank you so much, Idris. You've been an absolute thank gem. You. Um, I absolutely guys, love and like adore I you. said, follow at now or nevers underscore on Instagram. We've now got an Instagram page. So check that out. Send in your stories, send in your topics, and send in the guests you would like to see. Um, Thank you for listening. Peace and love. Peace. Peace and love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.